Dear Lord, I thank you for allowing us to come before you again this evening. Lord, we thank you, dear God, that you are a God of plans. Dear Lord, you know everything that's going on and you know the situation we're all in. Lord, tonight I'd like to speak to you in regard to well, continuing in this discussion of the blessings of the tribes. Tonight I'd like to speak about the tribe of uh, Joseph, as well as his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Lord, I'd like to speak also, dear Lord, about Hanukkah. I believe we'll see why they tie together. Lord, you know the situation we're in in the world right now, and Lord, this, I've, I've tried to explain, Lord, you, you've allowed me to be in meetings Lord, you've saved my life and many times through these times against those who threatened to kill me. Lord, you've stopped them or you controlled them to allow to get this word out. And Lord, if I don't have another day, I thank you for all you've done and provided, dear God. And I know, Lord, that whatever it is, dear God, you're going to cause your people to hear the words. But Lord, I put my faith in you that I will finish the work you have given me to do. And you will know when that's done more than I. But Lord, we until that day, dear God, we continue working to make known your words. And dear Lord, it's very hard because the people do not want to receive it. But dear Lord, I'd like to talk to them tonight, dear God, uh, and dear Lord, to you, and hopefully this message through you goes out to others, dear God. And dear Lord, we pray that you will cause it to be confirmed by the Spirit to people, that they might understand the greatness of your work and your plan at this time. And Lord, we're talking about the the tribes of the sealing in Revelation 7. Dear God, they're being sealed. Or they're going to be sealed very quickly. But dear Lord, we know first, dear God, that people must come out. And dear Lord, we have the blessing that you, that Jacob gave to Manasseh and Ephraim. Dear Lord, he set uh, Ephraim ahead of, I mean, yeah, Ephraim ahead of Manasseh in the blessing. But it's interesting, Lord, that you give Manasseh the the sixth sealing of the 12,000. And I believe, Lord, you've included Ephraim in, in a more interesting sealing, the sealing of the 11th ceiling. And dear Lord, we talked a little bit about that last night and how important that number 11 is and what it means at this time. But dear Lord, the thing I'd like to point out to the people that's so important at this time is the Father, you've told us, dear God, in this time, and I pray, Lord, that people would understand that Daniel nine twenty four is the critical layout of what we must accomplish at this time. We are the people that must bring forth the fulfillment of Daniel 9, 24. Verse 24. Absolutely required of us if we want to see the kingdom. Or at least, dear Lord, have accomplished the work that you desire of us to do for the kingdom. And one of the things that we should be doing, dear Lord, is the people and the shepherds that are out there today, dear Lord, are promoting all the situation with the elections, dear Lord, and all the sides of this election are wrong. Father, we should not even be voting for any kind of candidate in any nation or any place at this time. Lord, 
It's this time that we are to elect the Lord Jesus Christ as our king and shepherd over all the earth. He is to rule from heaven at this time. There are to be no dominion of those of the world. You told us, dear God, that in the winter season, it's very clear it's going to be in the winter season, Father. Because you told us to let our flight be before the winter and we're to come out of the world before the winter because in the, in Daniel 7, dear Lord, you make known in verse 11 and 12 that you're going to overthrow the beast kingdom and take away all their dominion for a season and time before the sixth and seventh beast kingdoms get their dominion, which will be a time of seven years. So a season is right before that. And you tell us very clearly in Matthew 25, or excuse me, 24, verse 19, uh, or verse 20 in Matthew 24, and, and Mark 8, uh, 13, verse 18. You tell us that we must have our flight before the winter because it's that winter season. We know because you opened the words in the time of the April time frame. And dear Lord, that meant that the clock of the seven years of the evening started in the evening or in the April. And it'll end, it ended in March, the end of March. And you confirmed that back in, in uh, 2010, that it was seven years and midnight had come. And so we entered the night. And now we know that the night will end in April 2017, the beginning of April. And Lord, we pray that people understand that they're a very short time because in the night, you seal your people. I've explained that in these talks that we've had in this last week. Father, I pray that people would get that message from the book of Job, verse uh, chapter 33. Dear Lord, that you seal your people in the night. And Lord, you never change your ways. Malachi 3, 6, we know that you seal in the night. You seal your instruction with the people. The seal that we are to have at this time is knowledge. Because you tell us, Lord, that in Malachi, or excuse me, in Hosea 4, 6, that your people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Therefore, if they have the seal of knowledge, and you tell us very clearly that the seal in Ephesians 1, 13 to 14 is a knowledge of truth, the words of truth. If we have the words that you speak with your voice that unlock the promises of the Father, and we believe in those promises, then you promise us in John five twenty four that we will pass through these judgments and we will have eternal life. That is a description of a wonderful sealing. Seal. Seal judgments. It's all about knowledge. It's all about words. You told us that it's going to be the dragon's words that the flood is. You told us that in Daniel nine twenty six. You tell us that in Revelation twelve fifteen to 17. Lord, you've been very clear on these things all along. And Lord, we pray that the people begin to wake up and hear these things because it's critical that they believe. Lord, there was two days and hours that we would not know. Lord, the first one was beginning of the day of the Lord when you caused the words to be received again on the earth as you promised in Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. Also, as you promised in uh, Revelation 6, 1 to 2. But we pray that the people would understand, dear Lord, that that event happened. It's well recorded. The words have been documented, 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 testified, testified. It's been rejected by the shepherds. It's been rejected by the people. But that's no different than it was in your day because they do not understand. That they cannot understand the words until they come to you and repent 
and asks for the spirit of truth to enter them so that the spirit of truth can cause them to know your words. Without the spirit of truth in them, they are unable to receive the knowledge of truth because the words of God are not to be uttered by those of the world. And so to them, it's foolishness. But the whole Bible testifies to your words. We pray they'd get that knowledge, Lord, and begin to receive it at this time. Lord, we pray that the people would wake up to the greatness of the moment that they are living in. It's a wonderful time. They're living in the greatest time in history because this is the time that the kingdom of God comes on the earth and they can be a part of that kingdom and have the promise of eternal life and overcome all these judgments and be fed like stall-fed calves, as it says in Malachi 4.2. And getting back to the blessings of Ephraim and Manasseh that Jacob spoke to them in Genesis 48.20-22, Jacob says to them, he he blessed them, and and he said, By you Israel will bless, saying, May God make you as Ephraim and as Manasseh. And thus he said, Ephraim uh, before Manasseh. Why is that true? We are told in the Psalms that if we bring our children up in the way that they should go, in other words, in the way of the words, as you tell us in Deuteronomy 6, 4, 9, and, and Deuteronomy eleven eighteen to 21, and you confirm again in Psalms 78, 1 to 8, that it's a law of the fathers, a law of the mothers, it's a law of the parents. To teach your words to all those in the household. If we do that, they will have long life. But you also told us in the Psalms, if we do that, it'll be our children that'll stand in the gates. They will stand in the gates of our enemy and make known the words of God. So if we do this, this is exactly what um, Jacob is saying. He's saying these two tribes, the children, Joseph, are going to be the ones that go out and make known the works of the kingdom of God. And that's why Manasseh is sitting in the sixth position. The, the spirit of knowledge. But the spirit of knowledge is the spirit of knowledge of the works of the kingdom that you've given us to do by the blessing you gave us on the sixth day. And they're going to make known this knowledge in the gates of the cities. Because in the gates is like being in, in the schools, in the universities, in the buildings, in the offices, in the Congress, in the Senate, and all those places the children are going to go forth and speak those words. Lord, it's very interesting that I was in the presence of the two sons of, the oldest two sons of the head of the the Knights of Templar. The second son was, I believe, more wise in the ways of the words and so forth. But both of these boys had been missionaries. And I was with them when God spoke prophecies over them when you spoke prophecies over them in front of others in a church. And dear Lord, you told them that if they would turn to you, you would send them to their father's friends and their father reports to the Crown Trust, to the Queen and to Jacob Rothschild and works with the Pope and all of them. And all they run, the Knights of Templars run all the drug operations in the world, all the mob operations in the world. They're the ones that oversee these things, the terrorist training camps and all these things. They oversee and put them in place. And you were telling them if they would turn to you, that you would send them to your father's friends to turn them, to bear witness to you. But they chose not to follow you at that time. 
I pray they will turn yet and come out, but I saw the black eyes. The eyes turned black in one of them, looking right into his face. What a sad day that was. And dear Lord, they, they turned angry, evil, and they had to give to, to get into the crown trust system at the highest levels. They had to give up Messianic Judaism. I had went to the, with them to listen to a Messianic sermon with them. They, they went in. They were very much believers of the Bible, but they loved the world and the power and the position more. Lord, it reminds me of this when I think about this Ephraim and Manasseh. Dear Lord, it's the children. and If the fathers would bring them up in the way of the words, and they knew the Bible. They knew the Bible. They, they were big fans of uh, prophets and these evangelists like Reinhard Bunke and them. Dear Lord, but even Bunke and them refused the words. And when I sent the message to the people of the Bunke's ministries, they sent back a message to me that they don't need me to tell them about the words of God. They didn't understand the words of wisdom of God, but they told me they didn't need it. I had other ministries that told me if I would sign up for their courses, they would teach me about the Bible. <laughs> I, I'm not laughing. I mean, it's it's their just their standard operandi. They, they do not know the scriptures, and I'm not being arrogant. They do not know the scriptures, but even if they do, they would not come and talk about something they did not understand. Instead, they gathered together all these major ministers in San Antonio or near San Antonio, Texas in 2006. I believe it was 2006. It might have been the February 2007. And they mocked these words. 300 of the greatest ministers got together at that time and they said this is an abomination straight from the pits of hell. Just like the Sanhedrin. Very similar. But getting back to these blessings is this is the critical thing. In Malachi 4, verses 1 to 6, and in the Jewish Bibles, it's at the end of chapter 3, the last six verses of chapter 3. But in most of the Gentile Bibles, it's Genesis, I mean, Malachi 4, 1 to 6. The Lord talks in there about a very important event at this time that has the effect of these blessings of Madison and Ephraim. Because he's telling us if we do not restore the way of the generations. In other words, if we don't turn, if the parents will not turn to the children and make known the words to them, then God is going to come and curse the earth. Right now, the cursing of the earth is a very important thing. We understand what he says in here is very important. And I've been talking about why we must come back to the knowledge of the laws of Moses. People say we're not under the law. Well, you need to read Malachi 4 and understand why we should go back and review those laws. Because those laws are about doing away of the words. Yes, we are under the new covenant. But Jesus said he didn't come to change the laws. He came to fulfill it. In other words, he came to give it understanding so we could understand what he's really saying in those laws and statutes. And how to become doers of his words is what, that is what they are showing us, ways of being doers of his words. That's the, the laws of Moses in, in Deuteronomy. There, there's, uh, I can't remember all the verse, uh, chapters right now off the top of my head, but um, it goes up to, I think, uh, chapter 27. 
Anyway, the 12 to 27, I believe, is the, the chapters with all the, the blessings and the cursing, the laws. Moses tells us these are the laws, and he, he gives us all examples, which I've reviewed many of them, or several of them, to explain what they do in the way of the words. And he's telling us in Malachi 4, 4, verse 4, he tells us, Remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb, for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Other words, he's saying that you better learn these things because remember that the, those who overcome the beast, overcome Satan, the great dragon, in Revelation fifteen one to four, they will sing the song of Moses. You cannot sing that song of Moses if you don't know the language, the pure language of God that those words are written in. But you will sing it because in front of God, because you know it. You will understand the words and the way of the words, and you'll understand what Moses was really saying. Because Moses was saying what God laid on his heart. And God tells us that, you know, this thing in Malachi 4 has given us many things about the end times. I'm not going to explain it tonight, but this is a flow, a pattern. It goes from now all the way up until the ending of the morning of the day of the Lord. And we are in the last five months of the night of the day of the Lord. So it's the seven years of the morning, but we're in the last seventh year, in the fifth, the last five months of the seventh year of the night of the day of the Lord is what we're in. And it should be that in the time of the winter, the manifestation of the judgment of God comes, which is the separation judgment. This is not the rapture. We are not in any ways purified, spotless, and made ready for the event that people call the rapture, which is really a translation event, translating us up to heaven. So what we're saying in this thing, and I'm not sure if it's at the middle of the morning, which I believe it is, definitely the sealing, the completion. Of the, in other words, there's a final inspection. Like he says, he's going to come into the kingdom hall and all those that were in there that had the white garment, they should be shining by that time. They should have the knowledge and so forth. And the king is going to visit the room. And when the king comes into the room, what happened to Moses? When he came into the tabernacle, Moses, he began to shine. So these people will get their light on their forehead during the kingdom inspection, which is likely to be in the midst of of the morning, three and a half years, 42 months into the morning, 47 months from now. That should be about the time that that happens. And when the king comes into the room with his face shining upon us, we will begin to shine back to him. Because by that time, we will have been refined. Otherwise, we're going to grow and increase in knowledge and have the authority of the marriage supper of the Lamb to put on the righteous acts of the saints. We put on those righteous acts of the saints and the Lord comes and seals us because he's going to, he says, gather to him all those who have made a sacrifice. Psalms 50 and 1 and 4. So that is happening at that time. But getting back to these children, it says, if we do not teach our children the way of the words, if we don't turn to them and teach them, and children should turn to their parents because from the parents' knowledge will come by the will of God. Because God wants the household to be filled with the word. And if the parents turn, that word will come into the household. Now, it may be the children may be brighter than the parents because it is true that they will increase in knowledge more than the parents at that time because they will go out to the enemy's gates. 
And remember that there will be enemies in the earth at that time because they will go into their punishments for about 21 months of the, it tells us seven sealed judgment that I believe is the first approximately 21 months, could be 18 months because it says about a half an hour. So I'd assume it's the full six seasons um, of that time, which is a year and a half. They'll be in those plagues, the leprosy and everything all over their bodies. But then they're going to get restored. And they're going to have a chance, to, like the ten leopards, to turn and, and, and come and worship God or go on about their ways. God's not going to give them any pressure. They're going to choose their way. They could be angry at the plagues and want to overcome that. And see, the thing about it is they won't see God. See, the Lord is going to come for the manifestation judgment with his heavenly angels, but he's going to rule from heaven. There won't be a king on the earth at that time. God is going to rule over the heavens. I mean, over the earth at that time. Rule over the heavens too. But a rod of iron. You do wrong, you get punished. He's going to do it that way at this time. But he's going to come for the separation judgment. He's going to drink the cup of wine with his bride. He may do that at the kingdom thing but right now we must be set apart and we must be receiving the instruction of the lord during this time and we will be refined however the rest of that works out no matter what you do it's fantastic because you're going to increase in knowledge and god tells you in malachi 4 2 he tells you and that day which is coming shall burn them up other words those ones that are wicked they're going to be i told you the day in the morning when it comes they're going to be um, getting the plagues at that time. That's what he's called burn them up. Burning means fire the word come upon them. They're going to get the boils like like uh, Job had, but only worse. Because he tells us that it will never be as bad a time as this. It's going to be like that even in the plagues because he said they're going to share in their sins and the plagues, he makes them equally bad. And he goes on and he says, um, he says he will not leave them neither root nor branch. Root means the provision isn't going to be there. The branch is kind of interesting because what is happening there is God says he's going to wither their arms and their legs and so forth. They're going to become like worms. They will not, root meaning they will not during that time have sex. They won't be able to. The plagues are going to be so bad on them. And there are people that, fanatical about sex and the wicked side of the world at this time. They won't be able to do that. They won't be able to do sodomy. They won't be able to do any of those things. Because they're going to have the plagues on their bodies so badly during that time. They're going to be crying out in great pain, throwing their gold with the hands that they have left. But they're going to have withered so badly in that time with the boils and their hair is gone, with the boils on their head. Their complete body is a mess. It's going to be open wounds, bloody looking. Because he promised it's going to be like worms. Slimy. And then he goes on. And he tells us here in verse 2, which is wonderful. Malachi 4. He says, but to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. See, those are the ones that are going to enjoy Revelation 19, 1 to 11. They're the ones that are getting the right to put on the fine linen of the saints. And they'll be doing that at that time. They're going to be getting this. And then God is going to come back to inspect them. And see, I, I don't know if that inspection comes uh, before they get the fine linen, given the right to the fine linen. I'm not sure. But I do know this, that when he comes, he says in Matthew um, 
the 25, uh, is it 25? I think it's Matthew 25. No, it's uh, Matthew 18 or something like this. Uh, the kingdom um, parable. I can't remember which one it is right now, what chapter it's in in Matthew. But what he's talking about there is if there's one with a, that came in there, they were set aside with the white garment. But he finds out they did not grow, it did not increase, and they, they turned from having the knowledge or just took it complacently, lukewarm like Esau, they will be cast immediately out into the prisons of God. They will not be sent out to the plagues. They will be sent to the worst prison of God, which is death, which are going to be swallowed up whole and so forth by the beasts and spit out after three days and like, a, like, like into a larva and grow back into a worm and then be eaten again and so on and on. It's 24-7 pain, suffering. See, their soul doesn't die in the belly of those animals which have been shown by Jonah. It comes back out in the larva, and the larva turns into the maggot, or a worm again, the maggot, then a worm. It just goes on and on. Horrible. But that's the life of the wicked that do not get the knowledge at this time, especially those who say they have the word and turn during that time. How can you turn when God has shown you what's happening to the wicked at that time and so forth? I pray there will be nobody like that. Well, let's go back. To, this is Malachi 4. The key point of this is if we do not turn and start teaching this way, oh, that's why Manasseh and, and Ephraim are so important in the tribal blessings. We have to understand we must repair the breach of the generation knowledge. God provided all the generations and the generation knowledge is abortion must stop immediately. You know, people have babies today whenever they want to pretty much, except the drugs and stuff are taking all that away and the sterilization that they're doing to all the people is happening. But it is God who controls the womb. And in this time, God controls the womb. And it's going to be like that in the millennium. He tried to show us this through the, the, the wives of Jacob. He controls the womb. He's trying to teach us the way of the generations. There's reasons they didn't have children right away and so forth. Treasure the generational knowledge. The Lord controls the womb and he will do this. It's a gift, he says, to have a child in the womb. A gift from heaven, meaning he controls that gift. In other words, it's a blessing to receive it. Today, we have it just for pleasure, sexual immorality. But we're going to understand that God controls the womb and he'll give the children the blessing and the millennium. Okay, I'd like to go back to something else in regard to these blessings. Joseph has a marvelous blessing. He's the 11th, and I told you about the 11th is the hidden power of God. 11th son and also the 11th tribe set apart in the 12,000. God did this, I believe, for a very important reason. I think he was pointing to the winter time with Joseph. See, in this thing, you see Joseph in, in his life, he says he's a fruitful bow, a fruitful bow by a well. Remember they cast him down? His branches ran over the wall. The archers have bitterly grieved him, shot at him and hated him, but his bow remained in strength. And the arm of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. I'd like to point out something in this. You know, Jacob was in, the, the, they cast him down in the well. They brought him back up, or the pit, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but they brought him back up and sold him to the 
uh, Ishmaelite traders. Interesting that it's Ishmaelites. You know, related. They're related. They bought them to trade them. His brothers sold them. And a key part of this is the very interesting thing is these particular Ishmaelite traders, the Bible makes a point of pointing out that they were carrying incense. Now consider very carefully what the Lord says here. He says, but his, but his bow, in other words, the bow, God is telling us to carry the word and our bow, our tongue, our mouth, our arms. We shoot the arrows. The arrows are the words of God. His bow made strength, strong by the hands of the Almighty God. See, even in the time that Joseph was carried away as a captive to be sold, a slave, you know, a piece of meat to be sold to the Egyptians as a slave by his own brothers, the very interesting thing about this is that, and um, for pieces of silver, just like Judas tried to sell the Lord. But the interesting thing on this is that you see that God provided incense. You know, many of these people would be carrying all kinds of smelly things, these traders down there, but God provided incense. Incense is one of the things that's most precious to God. But it's also, incense means it's herbs. And and the, the thing about it is herbs are for the service of man. So God was providing a service. He was going down there. He was giving him the strength to endure what he's going to do. The Spirit of God was with him all the time. They didn't know it, but God provided it. And it was with him all that time. And Joseph came. And remember that he was set up, uh, the, uh, interpreted the Pharaoh's dreams on Rosh Hashanah. What a marvelous thing. God was always with Jacob. I mean, with Joseph. Joseph suffered, Jacob suffered much knowing the loss of his children. But God had given him a vision way back. Joseph's vision. And he pondered it. That he would bow and his mothers would bow and the sons would bow to Joseph. And it came true when he was raised up. Miraculously by God, God put him in the place to bring forth what was necessary. And there's a, a likeness to this in the Hanukkah. You know, Hanukkah is a very interesting festival because you never know when God is with you and he's going to bring you through in the times. It's all there if we will look for it and we will see the things we don't see and thank him for the little things. When they overcame that temple, and they went in there and they, you know, the the, the temple, they uh, got that oil and they had an, found anointing oil just for one night. It lasted for eight days while they made new oil and the process required. It's a wonderful holiday. Understand it's in the wintertime. This year, it happens to fall on Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, I think it is, that it begins. And they tell us that there's not going to be a Christmas this year which is really a blessing because if that happens and if the people start to understand what Hanukkah means and they start looking around at what God is going to do because God is bringing this war, this great tribulation he's allowing to come, he put the hook 
in the jaw of these people, the evil ones, so that they can be judged and be separated apart from us as he promises in Joel 2, 12 to 20. If we will see with our eyes and hear with our ears the words of God and the requirements of the Lord at this time, he'll deliver what we need and deliver us from this trouble if we will obey what he said in Joel 2, 12 to 20. He promises that. He says in Matthew 24, 21 to 22 and Mark 13, 19 to 20 that he will intervene for the sake of the elect, not the sake for the elect that he's going to vomit out of his mouth and take away the right to hear the words from him because a famine of the word is coming. It comes with the winter. He said, let your flight before the winter. And if people aren't ready, they're not listening, they don't want to hear. But, you know, we have to restore the, the, the generational plan. We have to honor the generations and understand the inheritance of God, which is the words of God. And now he's giving us the gift of the latter rain, which is the full measure of the seven spirits of God, which he's showing us even in these blessings. It's a marvelous thing if we will listen. But J Joseph, God provided for during that time just like he did at Hanukkah. But understand that Hanukkah is really the winter festival, isn't it? I've, Jewish people believe that this is what it is. Some of the sages have said that it's the winter festival because they don't have the winter festival of light. And that is the light, the winter festival. See, the world is filled with darkness. It was filled with darkness at the time of the Maccabees when this event occurred. But understand the, the book of Maccabees, it tells of it. But the interesting thing about it is those people, even though that happened, you know, they were a kind of people just like us today because they were faced with the world armies and the troubles they had, but they also had traitors in the midst, people causing dissension, people re rejecting the message of God. And, and they went back and forth and finally ended up into Roman captivity. And God sent his son to the to the Jews to make known the words of God to them to open the words back up see they didn't have the words at that time but if they would have asked God how does this happen why what is special about this and that light you know if you go to Leviticus 24 it's very interesting Leviticus 23 it comes with all of the the feasts that God asks us to keep including Sabbath day and so on. If you, if you listen to what he's also saying here, if you go to right after, right after Leviticus 23 and Leviticus 24, one to four, first four verses, he gives us the order to command the children of Israel that they bring to you pure oil of processed, pressed olives or hammered olives for the light to make the lamps burn continually. But did you hear that promise? Remember what we talked about last night, dear Lord, when we were talking about Isaiah 62, when you say in there that, that to make it so that the lamp will continue to burn, which you tell us in Matthew 25, 1 to 13 in the parable of the 10 virgins, that some of the lamps, the oil will go out. It will not continue to burn. But if we will process that oil, it will burn. And Lord, I pray that people understand, dear God, that in this time, there's going to be darkness. 
in this time there's going to be war and you've shown Dudeman visions and you've shown many others visions dear God of of this that the whole nation is blacked out the the power is intentionally taken out but Lord you're then you're going to cause great confusion to come upon the armies of the world they're going to turn against each other but there's going to be areas where there's no power no no area but in in areas everywhere there was light it was because it was his people who were gathered because they will have light God will provide the oil just like he provided the sacrifice for Jake and for Abraham with Isaac, the ram. Please understand that the winter is the time of darkness. These people back in the time of Hanukkah, the original one, dear Lord, they were not trustworthy in the groupings as a people. They turned against each other. Just like today, dear Lord, they rejected your words. Dear Lord, I had preachers who have tried to get the government to put me back in prison. And Lord, and I was working with the system at the high levels of these people. They just, they tell you what to do and you do what they tell you to do. And, you know, in, in that way, I did some things wrong, dear Lord. But the bottom line is they were the ones that took the money. They're the ones, dear God, that stole it. And then they bring the case against me. And you can't defend yourself because they tell you if you do, they'll kill you. And if you talk about them, they said they'd kill you. Kill me. That's what they said. And you know this, Lord. You can testify to it. And they had poisoned me and I, so on. But that doesn't really matter. What matters is you used all that for good. Because while I was there, every day I wrote. Every day I wanted to find out how your power worked. And you led me to uncover and receive the knowledge of the words and found in Psalms 119, 130, it's the entrance of your words that the light comes and understanding comes. And you opened the scriptures and enabled me to understand. And dear Lord, you never give knowledge in a download, so it's continually growing and clarifying. And we get more clear every day, dear Lord, of your scriptures. Because your words are what opened it. Your spirit of truth, which opens the words, opens it. And dear Lord, we pray that the people understand, dear Lord, you turn the situation into fantastic good. And dear Lord, you, you told me to take the words to the world, and I was trying my best to work with these people to get the resources to help the churches. But then you showed me the churches don't know the words. They don't understand the times. And dear Lord, they're going in the wrong way. And dear Lord, we're very much like the Maccabees in that day. We're ready to fight a war. We're ready to do everything else. You know, we got Christians going to take up guns and run in and hide in the woods and if they have to and fight in the armies that come against them and against the Interpol, against the Russians, the Chinese, whoever it is that comes against them. And we got, a, we got soldiers, we got Christians around the world willing to fight for their armies and their nations because they, need, they think they have to do this for their job. But Lord, you told them to come out before the wintertime because if they're caught with those armies in the wintertime and they come against your people, they need to understand the plague they're going to receive in Zechariah 14, 12. They need to understand that the, the Crown Trust and United Nations are all, and all the nations united with the United Nations that are bringing this forth, are all part of the, the, the Northern Army. That you were, that got, the Lord... You, Lord, are telling them that you're going to drive them far away from you. 
and far away from those people who have the words at the time when the famine of the words come and they need the words, they won't be able to get it because they're part of an army that you're going to destroy, that you're going to punish, that you're going to send out to receive the plagues. There's generals in, a, in Washington, D.C. that claim to be Christians. Dear Lord, and they are lacking knowledge and lacking the right of leadership and they're walking in fornication with the harlot. And they think that they are good people. There's people getting intelligence briefing from this evil system and believing it's truth. And it's not. Everything they put out is deceiving and a lie and guiding them to support the one world order that's coming, which is the dragon's teachings. And they want the one world religion. If you read the Club of Rome, they're going to bring everybody back, which they've said to me directly that they're going to cause everybody to come back to receive only a, a religion that's based upon the seven Noahide laws, which are man-made laws, moral laws. They're not the law of Moses that you tell us in Malachi 4.4 that we are to receive and keep. He didn't say Noah's Noahide covenant. That is absolutely ungodly, what they're trying to do. And Lord, we pray that you'll cause them to understand that. And Lord, let them understand that the blessing of Joseph is that you'll provide, like you said, dear Lord, you'll, you'll have the crops come up, dear God, and they will maybe be weeds and wheat will come up. There'll be uh, fruit and every, every other kind of thing that we need will come up, not weeds and tares, because you said, dear Lord, you're going to separate the tares from the wheat. You're going to separate the plants of evil, the plants of no production, the worthless plants even from the places of your people. Lord, this is the wonderful time in all of Scripture, but the people will not see this is your day. Lord, we pray that tonight they will start to begin to believe that you are the God of God. You are the provider. You turn the evil works for good purpose. And Lord, you'll forgive all of us for our sins if we will turn to you and come into the knowledge of truth and become doers of your words because you said in James five nineteen to 20, that if we will turn others to the knowledge of truth, you'll cover a multitude of sins. Dear Lord, we thank you for that promise because we all need it at this time. Shepherds who think they're holy are not holy. They don't have the spirit of truth in them that makes known the holy words to them because they rejected that knowledge and will not seek the spirit of truth to enter them. And it's just like you said of the seventh church, dear Lord, which is, you know, the way of this, the seven churches is the way of the seven spirits. And the seventh church is symbolic of remembering the works of all, seven, uh, all the previous six churches and come to the knowledge of it. And you said, dear God, that their, their knowledge that they've gained at this time is so abysmal to you that it's lukewarm and you're going to vomit them out of your mouth. You wish they would be otherwise. As you say in Matthew seven twenty one to 23, they're lawless. They will not receive the law of truth. As you tell them in Psalms 119.160, the entirety of your words is truth. And in Psalms 119.142, you tell them your truth is law. You tell us, Lord, in Psalms 178.1-8, you've made it a requirement, a law to the parents that they must teach the words to their household, to their children. And if they would see the benefit of this in the blessings of Ephraim and Manasseh, they begin to understand Dear Lord, they are the strength that's going to keep. And dear Lord, they will turn quickly if the parents turn. That's why you're telling us, Lord, we must turn. We must receive the law of the parents. We are to honor the mother and the father. 
because through them we have the right to increase in knowledge. If we will, if they will turn, they will enable us, because the Spirit will talk more clearly in our household to even us, even if they're talking to you, to each of us in the night, because it says the children will go out, and they will speak in the enemy's gates, and that means they're going to go out and be protected because you separate them from the evil ones, and you'll protect them just like you were protected. Because until they finish the work you send them to do. And Lord, we pray that the children of this day will get over their arrogance and understand the law of Malachi. Dear Lord, when you tell them, and I believe it's in Malachi um, 6, 8, I think it is, dear Lord, where you tell them that they must walk humbly before you and do good. Doing good is doing the way of the words to enable good works for others. Dear Lord, they go in the enemy's gates to teach them the knowledge of truth, not to go in there and condemn them. Dear Lord, the, with the statutes of, of Moses, it's clear. If we will do these things, we are blessed. If we do not do them, we are cursed. And dear Lord, we pray that the people understand these are examples of ways of doing the words. We can take them because we have the spirit of truth to guide us to know what to do in our particular situations at this time. Father, we pray that people will hear this message. That, dear Lord, that you will honor it. And, Father, cause your knowledge to be made known to your people. We thank you, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to tremble the people. Let them understand the truth. Let them understand the importance of Hanukkah. Dear Lord, this is a time. Eight, eight candles, dear Lord, it's the, and eight days of oil, dear God. One lamp went for eight days. And that's symbolic, dear Lord, of the, latter, the former rain added with the Seven days of the latter rain added. That's what you offered to them. But they would not turn and seek your truth. And dear Lord, if they knew the scriptures in, in Zechariah 10, 1 to 3, they would understand that. And Lord, I pray the shepherds will understand it. At this day, you're angry with all the shepherds, just like you said in Zechariah 10, 3. And, you're gonna, and the people are like goat herds because they do not know the way of the sheep. They do not know your voice, the words of your voice. They cannot discern. And it's like it says in John eight forty three to 47, they do not see that they, dear Lord, will be like the devil's children. And Lord, we don't want them to be like that. We want them all to come into the kingdom of heaven. Dear Lord, we pray that the people will increase in knowledge and they won't be destroyed for a lack of knowledge and that they will not be rejected as kings and priests before you and their children will not be neglected. Lord, do you notice that you say in, in that text, in Hosea 4, 6, that you'll forget their children. Dear Lord, you're pointing to us, you're warning us the importance of the blessing of Jacob given to Manasseh and Ephraim. Lord, we are to be the ones that say, be like them, because we're teaching them the words. We're making known the words in our houses, and the Spirit is calling upon them and growing them in knowledge, because we've enabled the Spirit to do so because we're teaching and speaking of the way of the words in our households in the evenings. Father, we thank you. And we know, dear Lord, at night, you pour out your raindrops from heaven and cause the instruction of the words to be sealed into your people. Lord, let them not forget it. We ask you, Lord, to bless them while there's still night. Dear Lord, and there's still fall harvest. Dear Lord, before the winter comes. As Lord, you told us that even in the Feast of Trees in the wintertime, dear Lord, the New Year's of Trees, you, it's, it's the almond branch of flowers first, and that means, dear Lord, you're ready to perform your word, and your word is terrible. 
to those who will not hear your word at this time. Lord, we're talking about the words of God that you speak. We ask you, Lord, you cause your people to hear this. We ask it in thy precious, thy holy name, in Jesus' name. Amen.